think it's just a veteran quarterback. I think it's the veteran quarterback that we wanted, you know. Um, and so I, I don't know that, you know, there was this thing that, well, we got to go out and find any veteran quarterback. We wanted to find, you know, the quarterback that we wanted. And um, like I said before, we clearly identified Derek as our number one target. And, um, you know, we went and we went and got him. Forgot to put my cell phone screen. What's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Hope everybody had a great weekend. This is the podcast where we talk New Orleans Saints. And uh, before I get started, before I say anything or discuss any topic, today I want to acknowledge a person that I admire more than anybody in this entire world. Everybody that follows this show, anybody that has followed this show already knows um, how I feel about my mother. Uh, today is my mother, Miss Carolyn Jones-Smith's birthday. So I want to take this moment to wish my mom a happy birthday. Uh, my mom means a lot to me, y'all. Y'all know that. And uh, I think a lot of what I do as far as being creative uh, comes from her. My mom is an author. She's a poet. Uh, you know, she's a, she's a therapist when you need her to be one <laughs> and she's a friend every, every, every day of my life, man. So I want to acknowledge my mom today would not be no state of the saints. Don't think I would be able to put these words together to be as, uh, informative or entertaining as people say that I am without my mom. So I want to wish her a happy birthday. I know she's going to be watching this. She's probably watching it right now. But I love her more than anything in this world. You know, uh, man, you know, man, my mom means a lot to me. So happy birthday to you, mom. Definitely dedicating this episode of State of Saints podcast to my mom on today. And uh, let's go ahead and get started, man. Let's go ahead and get started. Let's talk a little bit about Derek Carr. Over the weekend, Derek Carr spoke to the media. He spoke as a member of the New Orleans Saints for the very, very first time. And, um, you know, I, I guess I hold I, I I hold what I gotta say about it. Here's a little sound bite with Derek Carr um and his decision to come to New Orleans and he he owe, he says he owes a lot of that decision to Drew Brees. And um, this is what he said. You know, I, I sent Drew a text and obviously I won't get into his business on what he said. And I sent him a text and you know it was early in the process, you know, I think it was right after my visit here. But he called me. And that free afternoon, he called me, and um, I just asked questions. You know, asked questions about the organization, asked questions about you know Mickey, uh, Pete, um, you know the city, you know um, everything, you know the community, all that. And uh, a lot of what he said, um, he answered a lot of questions for me. Um, a lot of what he said um, is probably why I'm sitting here today. You know, um, when someone you respect so much that you've competed against and 
He's one of the, let's, let's not, I mean, I'm not coming here trying to be Drew Brees. You know, that, that man is a Hall of Fame quarterback. You know, I'm, I'm coming here to be Derek Carr. So he, he very, he's very uh, appreciative to Drew Brees, and he feels as if Drew Brees was the reason he made that final decision uh, to come to New Orleans. Uh, the next topic that he talked a little bit about was wide receiver Michael Thomas and uh, the relationship that he has started to establish with Ken Gar and Mike. You know, me, and, me and Mike, we've you know gotten close through this process and talking. And you know, the first time I talked to him on the phone, I don't think he wanted me to get off the phone. You know, I, I really enjoyed talking to him. And I, I told Mickey, I was like, "You talk to Mike Thomas, and you feel like you two could go out there and face the world." You know, I, I told my wife when I got off the phone, and she was like, "Why are you smiling?" I was like. I love this guy, <laughs> you know, he's so competitive, you know, and, uh, you know, I think just the energy that he brings, you know, uh, it would be a very exciting times to throw him the football for sure. So, um, you know, when, when he started recruiting and talking to me and all that, he, he wouldn't even like try and recruit me. He's just like, Hey, when are we getting to work? We're wasting time, you know, uh, you know, time's ticking, you know, and I was like, yeah, I feel the same way, but time t- we'll get there. So, he talks about the relationship between him and Michael Thomas and Michael Thomas being pretty instrumental, uh, you know, persuading him to come to New Orleans as well. Uh, look, I think Derek Carr won over a lot of Saints fans um, over the weekend, just the way that he spoke, uh, him talking about, you know, he's not trying to be Drew Brees. It, it, from that press conference, they talked maybe like 50 minutes to the media you come away from that press conference understanding that Derek Carr is his own man. And a lot of people want him to be Drew Brees. A lot lot of people compare him to Drew Brees. And he let that know, he let everybody know from the jump that he's not. And I don't think anybody's asking him to be Drew Brees, but there is a level of responsibility that he has right now. Being a seasoned veteran, being a guy who, you know, has been in the league as long as he has, and he, you know, New Orleans Saints fans are expecting for them to win a lot of games with him as a quarterback. But I think that a lot of people kind of see who Derek Carr actually is as a person, the confidence that he comes with, you know, talking to the media. I think it changed a lot of people's minds. And I think that because, I, I mean, I checked out a lot of Twitter pages. People like, yeah, I think we good. I think we good. And um, I think that that was necessary, man, because, you know, a lot of people know about Derek Carr through mainstream media. Like, if you're not following Raiders football, you don't really know that much about him besides what's being presented about him. And sometimes that's why I tell people you have to be very, very careful not to fall into the trap of narratives. You need to formulate your own opinion about a person before you start running with narratives because a lot of people what they do is they look at mainstream media and they take what that person says and they run with it and I think that by seeing Derek Carr in you know in a press conference hearing him talk listening to you know how he breaks everything down and understanding the type of mental makeup that he has I think that that was a breath of fresh air for some Saints fans. Now, if you're a big-time sports fan and you don't just follow Saints football and you understand about Derek Carr and you've seen him play in real time and you've seen him put up numbers and you've seen him play at a pretty high level, this isn't a shock to you. 
but it is a, probably a little bit of a shock to a lot of other people. I think Derek Carr is a really good quarterback. I still feel like the Saints are in a better position, you know, than they've been in a couple years at the quarterback position. Some people may not agree with that, but here's the reality, folks. I'm just like, let, let's just call a spade a spade. Now, for all the people out there, and this is no, this is not a knock. I'm just, if if it sounds like one, I apologize. But do you find it interesting? Don't you find it interesting that you had Michael Thomas, Cam Jordan, uh, Mario Davis, Tyron Matthew, these guys out here blowing up the phone of Derek Carr, reaching out to him. Michael Michael Thomas don't want to get him off the phone. Isn't that weird, though? All right. I know a lot of people want to say, no, no, the Saints did Jameis Winston wrong. But my question is, and I feel like it's fair to ask, if all those players on the Saints team felt like Jameis Winston or, you know, Andy Dalton or one of these other guys were were the, the guy that can lead this team to the next level, why were they really adamant about getting Derek Carr to New Orleans? I mean, that's that's what I would like to know. But anyway, um, it seems to me like they really want this guy to be here. Um, they're happy that the, that he's here. And I think that, you know, Derek Carr is going to be pretty good for the New Orleans Saints. But that's just the way that it goes. Um, we'll see. You know, like Derek Carr saying all the right things, doing all the right things, winning over the Who That Nation for the most part. You know, you know, people like, you know, parallels and similarities. Like everybody, like oh, he has three three boys and one girl, like Drew Brees, right? Like his wife got blonde hair, like Britney, like whatever. I don't care about any of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like it's good that he's a family man. He he uh really embedded into his fate. All that stuff is great. But can you play the position? Can you elevate the position and take it to the next level? Is the question on a lot of Saints fans' mind. That's the question on my mind. All right. But I'm, I will reserve my judgment, and uh, I'll wait and see. I think that he has a lot of qualities that you can actually build on. But I think that a, a lot of Jameis fans out there, you got to be real with yourself. Um, if everybody would just all in on Jameis Winston, why are these key players out here really in hot pursuit of Derek Carr? If you got Jameis Winston on your, on your team, that's something that we, you have to think about. Like no no knock at Jameis, but I'm just saying, like, why would they do that if you got an able-bodied quarterback with with talent and skills and ability? So maybe there is something there. And maybe, maybe it wasn't just DA's decision. He may have the final decision, but maybe there were some other guys that may have drawn that conclusion or helped DA come to that conclusion to keep Jameis Winston on the bench as long as he did. Like, I don't know. Like, that, that's just kind of weird to me. Like, you have Jameis Winston on your team, and all of a sudden everybody hitting up Derek Carr, but I digress. Uh, let's go ahead and read some of these comments, man, and go ahead and get started. I'm pretty sure a lot of people want to talk about other topics. Uh, I just haven't talked about that because, you know, I ain't do a show over the weekend, but uh, definitely wanted to give my thoughts about the whole Derek Carr situation. We'll start with Lee Hancho. Lee Huncho says, I know I'm excited uh, and all, but Carr looked like he finna handle some unfinished business. Well, look, the best thing about it is he comes in with a chip on his shoulder. Like, er, like 
when you are a guy who has a chip or, or a woman who has a chip on, on your shoulder, sometimes like it elevates you, right? It, it, it pushes you. It drives you, right? I know, man, I, I, I have a chip on my shoulder every single day, even if it's, even if it's uh, <laughs> not necessarily a chip. But I feel that way. Like, I feel that way quite often. And when somebody tells you you're not good enough, I got a story, okay? I got a story about this. I used to be an assistant manager um, for a drugstore, right? Every year, used to, we used to have these evaluations. And these evaluations, like, tell you, like, okay, you know, are you a good leader? Are you, you know, like, do you do your work on on time things you need to work on this and that right for you to be able to get your full you know raise or whatever but anyway um i remember like going over this evaluation and i remember like the manager at the time would felt as if i was a little bit too buddy buddy with the other staff members <clears throat> and um you know i never forget these words as long as i live this dude told me looked at me in the face he said i know you feel like you are a leader, but you're not. This is what this guy told me. He said, I'm not a leader. He said, I will never have what it takes to be able to run my own store or, you know what I'm saying, to be the head guy. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. When he told me that, it did put a chip on my shoulder. And it drove me to a point where I ended up getting my own thing. <laughs> and my own thing trumped what he was doing where he was at, right? So sometimes, like, when people tell you these things, it drives you, right? It drives you. And, you know, I could be a jerk and, you know, call his name out, which I won't. You know what I'm saying? I won't do that. But a part of me wants to thank him because if he probably wouldn't have told me that, I probably wouldn't have lived up to my full potential, probably wouldn't be able to, you know, move up the ladder, probably wouldn't be able to move out to South Carolina where everything just kind of started to work out for me. So there you go, okay? Sometimes those chips on your shoulder can be that launching pad. And if he comes in with that chip and he goes and he plays at a high level, people are saying that you're not good enough, man, I, I can't think of a bigger chip. I, I can't. Like, I, I can't think of a bigger chip then somebody telling you that you're not a leader or somebody telling you you're not good enough to lead a team to prosperity. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, that, that's how it is, man. But, you know, sometimes like those chips and can be the, the launching pad for you. Scroll down a little bit. It says Carr said he was going to reinvent himself with the Saints. And to be honest, that's what Drew Brees did when he came from the Chargers. Only time will tell for sure. Yeah, I mean, look, skill determination and the right situation can elevate you right now man it, it, it you can have all the skills in the world and ability in the world but if you don't have the right person or the right coaches to get that out of you you no matter how much you got right so hopefully th this can be a good li a little recipe him and Pete Carmichael to elevate and push this team but i do i do look at this dude like like he he's no punk you know what i'm saying like he he's not one of those people that's gonna be easily manipulated and you could tell like 
man, there's some sour grapes. Like some of the he he threw some jabs now. He threw some jabs out there, you know, like so the dude is wired a little bit differently. And he and he when he say he's not Drew Brees, he's not Drew Brees. You know, like you you can tell by it. I feel like Drew Brees, no matter what the situation is, Drew will kind of keep that whole politician thing going, you know. But Derek, it seemed like to me, like if something like really bothers him or really irks him, he's gonna like he's going to rather like really push the issue or make you feel bad about saying it at all, make you on eat your words. So like he he's wired completely differently from Drew Brees. Uh, let's see. I'm glad Dennis Allen got this guy uh, and his coaches. No more excuses, including injuries for coaches and quarterback. It's time uh, to uh, get uh, put up. Uh, I guess uh, get off the pot. Well, I know I get what you're saying, man, with the poop emoji. But I had to try to PG it up. And man, I agree. Look, I've been I've been saying this. I, I've been saying this. I said. Allow him to get the coaches he wants, the players that he wants. Whether you have no more excuses, I've been saying this for months. You know, I don't have a problem with it. I have absolutely no problem with Mickey Loomis allowing Dennis Allen to run the team the way that he wants to run the team. Because if the Saints don't perform well this season, it's on you. It's on you. There's no more excuses. There's no more, oh, this was Sean Guy. You can't hide behind that anymore. They even allowed you to really go out here and get the guy that you really want at the quarterback position. So you got your quarterback, you got your coaches, and the way the defense is going, and some of these guys are leaving, a lot of the guys that you're going to draft, you know, those are the guys that you're going to want to get. So at the end of the day, there are no more excuses. So I have no problem with Dennis Allen hiring the guys that he wants and getting Derek Carr as his quarterback because that's who he wanted. Uh, now they need to update the Madden 23. I can't wait to play with my new quarterback. Uh, we have a top 10 defense, maybe a top five. Uh, Carr just needs to take care of the ball and score a touchdown. Look, I just think that Carr is much better than a lot of people giving him credit for. You can, like, there are going to be some games where Derek Carr is the reason why the Saints win. Like, you, you, you're probably going to see him put up, like, three touchdowns or something like that in a game or, you know, a go over 250 yards passing. Like, this isn't to me, like, I, I think that we have been, I don't know, we got a little bit of football PTSD, if you will. Like, we, so many mistakes and boneheaded decisions for the most part have been made at the quarterback position for the last couple of years. We just want to keep the the car on the road, no pun intended, right? We just want to keep the car <laughs> steering straight. So we like, well, look. Just don't make no mistake. Like, just throw the ball out of bounds. Like, like I think that we we have grown accustomed to wanting just a guy to just kind of just keep it going, right? But this this dude at times will be the reason why the Saints win a football game. You got a quarterback that has that type of capability. So um, don't expect for him to, you know, be – you know, like super conservative, like we would want these other quarterbacks is because kind of they needed to be uh, with him. He doesn't really necessarily have to be because he does have the capability of taking over a game and, you know, erasing deficits. He has that capability. Like this isn't, this is Andy Dalton. Like if you, if you're down by three touchdowns, like we know for a fact, this is going to be a tough day at the office. That's just not Derek Carr. Like, so, I mean, there's going to be times where, 
you know, you, the tw the Twitter the accounts may blow up. You know what I'm saying? Talking about this dude on fire or something like that. Like he has that type of capability. So I just think that people may need to understand that and not just look at him as like a dink and dunk quarterback because that's he can be that, but he has more of a skill set. And I feel like he has more belief in himself that he can actually get the job done than that of Andy Dalton, who just probably just was playing to play the next week, you know? So uh, the landlord, thank you very much for the $5, says uh, besides Mahomes, Rogers, Allen, and maybe Wilson, who's uh, definitively better than Carr? Absolutely no one. Um, I mean, there's some guys out there, you know, like Mahomes, like you said, Rogers, Allen, Man, I mean, when he when he's been playing, like you know, he's been like two years removed from actually playing. But I mean, I think Deshaun Watson is better than him. I feel like Lamar Jackson is better than him. Um, I mean, I think Joe Burrow is better. Than, I mean, there's some there's some guys I can throw out there. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> like you know, like there's some dude. Like I want to just say like he is terrible. But at, at the end of the day, um, man, they got some dude, they got some guys out there that's like like much better. Like, I don't want to say much better. Well, some guys are much better. And then there's some guys that are just simply better. Look, there's nothing wrong with a guy being outside of the top 10. Like, you still can win with a guy on outside of the top 10, right? Everybody can't be on Mount Olympus as the quarterbacks, you know, like, but you can still win with them. You can still win with them, but there there's some guys you can name that are better than Derek Carr. I'm not gonna go that far. I know he's the Saints quarterback, and you know it's our job kind of to defend the guy because he's our guy now. But let, let's not let's not uh, go overboard with it now. Let's, you know <laughs> they they got some quarterbacks out there that give him a run for his money. Uh, no, I am not excited about Carr. Uh, Saints beginning to look like the 2014 Raiders uh, from the sidelines to the field well you can look at it two ways right um you can look at this being the 2014 raiders because of the coaching staff uh but there was a completely different organization or you can just look at it like hey like that, <laughs> this could be the deciding factor to know if you know the saints are going to keep this dude i'm talking dennis allen for the foreseeable future so you know a lot of us aren't really sold on Dennis Allen. That, let's just call a spade a spade. We're not really that sold on him, right? I, I'm like, he, he's the coach. And some of you probably feel the same way. He the coach. He ain't going nowhere. So we might as well just kind of just deal with it. But I have no problem with the direction that's going on. It, it's going to be sink or swim, Barbara. Like, seriously. Like, if it don't pan out, then we already know what's up, right? So... I I'm okay with it. like I'm, I'm okay with if this season don't pan out the way that we want it to pan out. I I hope that I'm wrong or I hope that they exceed expectations, but if they don't, I'm okay with it. Like I'm serious. Like I'm okay if this thing don't pan out because we need to know like that, that like if, if, if it didn't pan out to be this way, then there will always be excuses and there will always be justification to bring this dude back or bring the other, you know, coaches back. Like if it don't pan out, then we know for sure that he's not the guy. So 
like do whatever you feel like is necessary that you think is going to take this team to the next level. You went out here and you got Derek Carr. You, you know what I'm saying, y'all restructuring deals. You know what I'm saying, y'all, you know, trying to make moves and y'all trying to do some things, you know what I'm saying, to bring some guys back. Sometimes, you know, some, some guys move on, of course, what we're seeing today. But, you know, no more excuses after this. None. So if it don't pan out, it just don't pan out. They're just best. Those are the breaks. TJ, the concern for me has honestly never uh, been about any of the players, all about the coaches. I'm taking car signing with a grain of salt. Well, look, I think that's what a lot of people feel, Jerome. A lot of people feel it's not the players. Like the players have what it takes to win. It's the coaches to put them in a position to win. I do feel like the coaches need to change the way that they coach. I do feel like there's a level of fear and a, a fear of make, not making the right decision that plagues this team. Sometimes you just got to go wall to wall with it, right? You, sometimes you got to be aggressive. And the conservative approach of this team, sometimes the conservative play radiates off these players, right? Because in a way, you're like telling these players you don't fully trust them, right? If, if it's fourth and one, you don't trust them to get a yard, right? You know, like, it's just stuff like that. Like, I feel like they're going to have to change the way that they coach. That don't mean you have to change your personality, you know, but you you want to put these guys in positions to succeed, and you want to put a little bit of accountability on these guys and have these guys believe in that you believe in them, and maybe you'll find success. But that conservative stuff, I think that, you know, they need to really evaluate themselves and see why they make some of the decisions that they do. Uh, Matt won a Super Bowl at 34. Carr is 31. Think about that. Can go to Los Angeles with four plays. Uh, can hit deep balls and immediate. Well, look, all I know is uh, Matthew Stafford was a guy that a lot of people just felt like just padded stats. Rob Parker called him stat pathford, as I said. Um, and nobody expected for him to win anything, right? But he goes to the Rams and they win. So, you know, that that is something that people have to consider. You know, Derek Carr is not a terrible quarterback. You can win with this dude. And I I, I said this, like we're if you're looking for Derek Carr to just basically put the team on his back and just go out there and just put up a whole bunch of yards and a whole bunch of touchdowns, you know, I just don't feel like that's it. But there are times where, you know, he's going to look like the best quarterback on the field. And there are going to be some times where he probably struggles a little bit and that defense going to have to pick up the slack. Like if you can have a good combination of good quarterback play, a good defense and a solid team all together, like you can win with it. You don't have to be the greatest quarterback of all time to win – a Super Bowl. You don't. Uh Tuttle stole somebody's money. Uh let's see. Uh Big Sean Petey, I totally agree. Man, Tuttle robbed uh <laughs> them in broad daylight. Uh Tuttle couldn't stop a nosebleed. Look, I ain't about to sit up here and talk about a guy because he's gone. Like, seriously. I, I like Shot Tuttle a lot. And everybody, look, like I, I I'm I'm not trying to be like one of them people. I'm not gonna kick somebody on the behind on the way out. Because, you know, they making money. 
These people are businessmen. You know, football is a business. These guys are trying to make sure that they take care of their family and take care of themselves, you know, for the foreseeable future. Look, everybody want to talk about Shad Taylor and talk about his shortcomings now. Let's not be one of those folks because anytime a Falcon fan tell us anything, that's the first meme we bring up, uh, him stiff-arming Matt Ryan. So let's let's not just sit up here and just bash the guy now that he don't play for the team. Like, let's not do that, all right? The guy got opportunity to make more money, right? And it, it just so happened he, he's going to be going to the Panthers. But at the end of the day, like, I'm happy for the guy. I'm happy for him, you know? Like, Shai Tuttle wasn't the worst, you know, interior lineman that I've seen, you know? Uh, and I think that he he had he made some plays in the Saints uniform. Guy was never, like, a starter or anything like that but this gives him opportunity to be able to be a full-time starter and i'm happy for the guy and i think you should be happy for him too uh let's see what do you think about them acquiring ugo amandi uh, amadi uh let's see i don't know much about the guy well i mean i ain't got no problem with it i mean he's much younger uh he has good instincts uh from what i've seen like he's a really good tackler Something, you know what I'm saying? And I think the Saints can actually use him, you know, as that box safety that they've been been looking for. I think that, you know, they wanted Tyra Matthew to kind of do that, which is a, a big no-no. But it, it it opens up an opportunity for a guy, you know, to come in and be that box safety that the Saints need, you know, because they, you know, sometimes the Saints, they play three safeties on the field. And you have a guy that can play, you know, a little bit of box safety, a guy that's a sure tackler. Um, I, I think that's that's pretty good. And also a guy that probably can um, assist a little bit on special teams as well. So, you know, I ain't got no problem with that. I don't, I don't want to say I know that much about him because I don't, but I do know he's a solid tackler, and that's something that the Saints definitely need. Uh, need to look in the free agent and draft for a DA spot. Yeah, or, I mean a DT, the uh, defensive tackle spot. Yeah, definitely need to uh, because, um, I mean, you already lost Davon. Yamada to the Falcons. Uh, that's that's somebody that uh, you know, that's a big loss. Um, that's a big loss for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, so you're definitely gonna have to find somebody to replace them. Um, my my two options, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. My my two options would be um, number one would be Calais Campbell. Um, some people say you know Calais Campbell too old, but here's the reality: if you get get yourself a seasoned veteran in the locker room and a guy that can still you know, make some noise. People act like, you know, Calais Campbell getting pushed around. I don't know if you watch Ravens football, but the guy 36 years old had five and a half sacks. He had more sacks than the guy that you just lost, right? He has had more tackles and assists for the most part than the guy that you just lost in David Onyemata at 36 years old. And I'm not expecting uh, Calais Campbell to have 14 and a half sacks like he did when he was playing for the Cardinals. But he can give you that leadership, and also he can actually help develop some of the younger guys. Another guy that I, I feel like should you know get a second stint would be Sheldon Rankins. Sheldon Rankins can be another guy that can actually come in. I don't feel like he would demand a lot of money. Uh, he's a guy that all the you know guys on defense for the most part are familiar with. Da knows him, so I think that he can be a good fit for as a veteran. But this definitely changes the way that I'm I'm looking at the draft now. Because I feel like now you have to go interior lineman. But the good thing about it is they got some good ones. They got some good ones in this draft. This is a deep draft for edge rushers and defensive tackles. So 
they definitely can uh, find a guy that can replace a guy like David Ayamada. But to me, I think it would be too much to just ask a young guy to just come in and just give you like that spark. Like I, I do feel like you need to develop, you know, a guy. Also, you know, there, there's another way that the Saints can, you know, kind of move some stuff around. I mean, I think about like Peyton Turner, right? Peyton Turner not only played outside, but he played inside in college as well. So that's another uh, guy that the Saints could possibly use to try to move from the outside to the inside. I mean, that, that could be something that could they can they can explore. But I definitely feel like you need to get yourself a veteran and uh, go alongside like a, a young guy who has that type of talent and, and ability because I, I think that, you know, they, you need that. You, you need that. So if you can get a guy like Sheldon Rankins or Calais Campbell, I think that that would be a plus. Like, I, I don't, I'm not looking for those guys to be like ultra dominant and stuff like that because, you know, they're still – they still are playing at a relatively high level, right? And uh, you know, we know that, you know, for the most part, Calais Campbell definitely can stop the run. Ain't nobody really moving around no six foot eight, two hundred and ninety pound dude like that. <laughs> uh Robert, thank you very much for one nine nine. Say, yo, TJ, can you get Shy Tuttle agent on the show? Uh I wish I could. You know, I, I wish I could, but I mean, I, I mean. Why? I mean, first of all, why? Why would I? Like, well, what are we supposed to do? Like, every, like I, I'm just saying, like, we. Why are we like sitting up here bashing this dude? Like, I ain't never had no problem with Shad Tuttle. Like, I ain't not, like I never had an issue with Shad Tuttle. So I'm not going like sit up here and just talk about the guy because he's no longer with the Saints. And then on top of that, like, who knows? Like, how many times? Like, how many guys have we seen the New Orleans Saints? not really fully utilized, and then all of a sudden they still go to another team and they still have something to offer, or they exceed expectation, right? So we like, oh, man, he ain't really that good. Who knows? Maybe it's because we, we know how teams work. If you're not a first-round pick or you're not like somebody that they actually draft, those guys always get first priority. So we know that sometimes some of those guys that be undrafted, unproven, Sometimes they don't get those opportunities because the team feel like they got too much money invested in some of these first, second round picks. So I'm not going to say that this dude can't go to Carolina and make some noise. I don't know that. I've seen this. I've seen this too many freaking times. I've seen it too many times where, you know, a team allows a guy to go and uh, they end up going to a team and they end up playing much better. It's rather they getting coached better or they get more opportunities or more reps. And sometimes that's it. But I'm not going to say that's a bad contract. Who knows? Try to total might go to Carolina, and he might outplay that contract. Let's see. I see uh, Saints made an offer to Roach, but he's testing the market. Well, that's good for him. That's good for him, man, Like because these dudes deserve to get paid. Like We want these dudes to do all the work and grind and all that kind of stuff for, for pennies on the dollar. Like, no. Like, I'm not I'm not going to hate on a guy for getting money. I'm not. Shot Tuttle will be remembered for stiff arm and Matt Ryan. Exactly. That's that's what everybody uh, says. Like, everybody, you know, everybody puts that meme up when they trying to troll Falcon fans. Everybody. And I ain't never heard nobody say nothing about Shot Tuttle or, you know, he trash or, or he ain't good enough. I ain't never heard none of this stuff. So I'm not I'm not kicking nobody on their way out. Seriously. 
Like I wish Shy Tuttle could still be on the same team. I, I like I like Shy Tuttle. I think he's made some plays. I think that he did some really good things as a Saint. Uh, as long as Chris Harris Jr. is not playing nickel, we good. Uh, Lad Roby, uh, Debo, and Taylor is the starting cornerbacks. Uh, let's see. I believe in Derek Carr. People acting like we signed Matt Flynn. We can win with Carr. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, he stiff on the hell out of Matt Ryan. Uh, I talked about Tuttle when he was here in every chat. I'm consistent. Well, I don't see. I mean, ain't wasn't much to really talk about, to be honest with you. wasn't much to talk about, like, because he wasn't really part of the rotation. Like, how many times, like, I mean, I got to look at some of these stats. Like, I remember Malcolm Roach, Davion Yamada. You know, I remember um, uh, Street being out there. Like, I, I ain't really seen too much Shy Tuttle. He kind of fell to the back of the depth chart. So I'm like, when was he really out there playing? You know, like every now and then, like if somebody get hurt, he'll probably be a part of rotation, but he still wouldn't start. So I, I don't know. Like, I can't, I can't say, you know, like, oh man, this is awful. He played terrible. I, I mean, I ain't, I ain't seen much shot tub. I didn't because he kind of fell down the depth chart. I don't think he fell down the depth chart because he wasn't good enough. I just think that he kind of fell down the depth chart because some of these guys with money deserve first priority in the eyes of these this organization. Let's see. Uh, I was about to say we should bring him back. Um, Mike T lobby for Carr Hart and others alone while Jameis Winston on the roster. Carr able to go to loss um, with four plays <laughs> to audible and set protection. Uh, maybe Jameis Winston only capable of two plays uh, and hard to read D. I, look, I you don't play in a league this long if you can't read the defense. Like, I, I, I don't believe that. I don't buy it. You don't be as – you're not as successful as you are as a quarterback throughout his collegiate career if you can't read a defense. Jameis Winston can read a defense, right? Now, you can question, like, some of the times where, you know, you probably held on to the ball too long. But for the most part, you know, he, he made good decisions with the football as a member of the Saints. Like, I ain't really seen too many times where I just feel like he was like deer in headlights. If, if you want to be honest with anything, he probably went rogue. <laughs> Especially in that Falcon game, he probably rubbed some of them boys the wrong way because he was like, uh, you know, uh, shucking that ball down the field and, uh, you know, giving the guys the opportunity to come down with the 50-50 balls and maybe it was more, more too many 50-50 balls than, uh, you know, than they actually liked. I don't know, but... um. I ain't gonna say he can't read a defense. I I can't nah nah you don't you don't play in the league this long or you don't become a starter that long if you can't read a defense or you ain't put in the work. Uh what's going on, TJ and the fan? What's going on, Uncle? Uh it says um for defensive tackle, I'll go with Shelby Harris, uh Pounder Ford and uh Brian Brees in the draft. I'm good on Clemson players. I don't care what y'all talking about. Like Name a name a Clemson defensive uh, player that's out here balling. You know what I'm saying for the most part, besides uh, AJ Terrell. You know what I'm saying that, that's about it. You know, like that's, <laughs> I don't really know too many other. You know what I'm saying like Clemson defenders out here that's balling. Like you got T Higgins, of course. You got Hopkins. All the boys on offense. Uh, Deshaun Watson. I don't really see too many Clemson defensive players that's out here that's just balling out of control. Like I don't know. They like they peak in college or something like that. I don't know, but. I'm good on I'm good on the Clemson players. Y'all can y'all can buy that stuff, you know. 
you know, the, the cornbread fed dude out there, you know, y'all, y'all can buy that if y'all want to, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good on it. I'm I'm good. <laughs> I'm good on them Clemson players. Y'all, y'all, y'all can have them. Uh, somebody said Isaiah Simmons, Isaiah Simmons, where the Pro Bowls at? You know what I'm saying? Like where the, where the, where the honorable mentions at? I don't see it. Like, yeah, what he caught an interception against the Saints. Okay, whoop de do. Like I'm not impressed. Like I can name, I can name four, five, six linebackers better than this dude before I even get to his name. You know, like I'm just saying, like you don't see too many Clemson players that's that that's good that's built like that. Like seriously, like so I'm good. Like do I can I enter y'all in the Stephon Anthony? Huh? Can I enter y'all in the Vic Beasley? Like who else? Who else was out here was supposed to be wrecking shop? Wasn't it uh Shaq Lawson? Where he at? I'm I'm sorry, folks. I ain't seeing these folks. Like I I I don't need mediocrity. You know, I don't need average dude. Okay, I don't need one play you getting blown up, and then the next play you might make the tackle. Nah, I'm good on it. I, I need I need some athletes. I need some guys that's gonna be consistent. I don't need them guys that I'm just gonna put in a box and try to. You know, and I got to look at you and squint my squint an eye and, you know what I'm saying, tilt my head a little bit to see if you good or not. No, I, I'm not I'm not feeling it. Clemson Clemson defensive players have, have have not lived up to the potential. Like, they be dominant in college, but when they get to the pros, they just some jags, you know. Uh, B. John and Ty J. liable to uh, be gone by pick 40 for sure and maybe could uh, get one of them at 29. Yeah, I mean, look, if B. John Robinson is there, you you snatch him up, like seriously. Because like I said, this is a deep draft for guys that's on the defensive line. So you can get a really good defensive tackle in the second round at number 40. You can. Uh, look, but if you can you can get yourself a talented running back that can that can run somebody over, that can catch the ball out of backfield, that's really good at pass protecting, that's overall, like an overall back, you you snatch him up. Like, I know some people was like, um, Talking about me when I, I, I brought uh, Kincaid, you know, out of uh, Utah, it was like, man, why don't you get a tight end in the first round? It's because this dude is like one of the top tight ends in, in college football, like has the potential to be like a really, really good tight end. Right. Now, think about this. You have an opportunity to get him. You pass him up. And then all of a sudden he goes to another team and he just wrecking shop. And that could have been your guy. Right. So to me, I just think that if a really good borderline generational talent falls into your lap sometimes you got to make an exception even if you know you got to move some things around in order to get them but as far as B. John robinson is concerned like this dude is one of those guys that has the talent and ability that we haven't seen since what saquon barkley came out now when you mention saquon barkley you're talking injuries but i'm talking about him as a player as an athlete his balance his ability this uh you know, his little center of gravity, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, be able to drag folk, make really good decisions. So that's what I'm looking at as far as a, a running back. Sometimes you got to make those exceptions, even if, you know, it may not be the most popular decision. Just like if, uh, you know, things start to, you know, kind of unravel for Jalen Carter. Like, as we all can see, I don't know what happened. I don't know if he didn't pay somebody. I don't know if somebody just, you know, ticked off because he ain't hiring him as an agent, but it just seemed like somebody have it out for that dude, right? They they basically, you know, line pinned him, you know, at the scene of a 
of a crime. You know what I'm saying? Saying that he was <laughs> racing uh, the guy, the two guys that was killed in a car crash. Then all of a sudden, you know, you got uh, video footage of him uh, speeding, tinted windows. All it, it just seemed like to me, like you know, somebody's really trying to affect this. You know, affect this dude draft stock. And if he just so happened to fall to you, I mean, hey. You know, I think that you need to get them, you know. So sometimes like those guys be making these type of decisions because it feel like it's a means to an end. And you put the right people around them. Maybe, you know, you won't have to worry about having these these issues anymore. Let's see. Saints don't need to add players anywhere except uh, to recover what they lost on the defensive line and replace Andrews Pete. The skill positions are set. I disagree with the skill positions are set. I, I do not believe that at all. I don't. I mean, how many times have we we have to go through this? Like, if you can add bet more depth to your your skill positions, you should be fine. Like, you are not fine at the running back position. It is Alvin Kamara and who else? Right. Once again, if I got a squint eye, if I got to tilt my head to try to make things work, it's not working. We can say Michael Thomas is going to be there, but Michael Thomas for the last two years has not been available. Seriously, like I love Michael Thomas. I want him to play. I want him to be well but history for the last couple of years has shown he he isn't going to be you know upright for the most part so you have to find something you know to replace that chris alave i mean really good player but he's missed time he's missed games so who else did you have outside of them like rasheed shaheed okay you're hoping that he can replicate or take that to the next level but we thought the same thing about uh paulson adebo right he caught that one-hand snag in a final game against the Atlanta Falcons in the rookie year. We thought we can build on that. And it seemed like he took a step back. So all of this stuff that we're depending on and relying on is hope. I hope Michael Thomas gets, you know, gets better. He, he can play a full season. I hope that Chris Olave, you know, can finally, you know, emerge as that number one receiver and be who we want him to be. We hope that Rashid Shaheed can end up replicating and building off what he did when he came in later in the season. Like, we hoping these things, but I ain't about to sit up here and say I'm just really content. If the Saints go out here and they can sign or grab a guy, you know, like Odell Beckham Jr., I, I would be happy about that. If they can go out here and grab, like, one of these other receivers uh, that can add depth to the room, if they can draft a guy like a Jonathan Mingo or a Bryce Ford Whedon or a Jalen Hyatt, or one of these other guys out here. Like, you, you need to add to this room. Like, once again, I'm squinting, and I'm tilting my head, and I'm trying to make things work. I am not comfortable with the skill position. And then on top of that, you have to t make up for, like, what, what you're going to do with Alvin Kamara? If he gets suspended, then what? Right? And we know that Alvin Kamara is extremely instrumental to the success of this team. So you definitely need some running backs. So I, I'm not comfortable. I'm glad you are, but I'm not. I mean, I, I mean, if I'm if I'm being comfortable, it's like I'm convincing myself that I'm comfortable. I'm not comfortable at what I'm seeing. No, I'm I'm just not. Like, hear me out. Draft Kalaja Kansi out of pit at 29. Trade back from 40 and draft DJ Dale from Bama. Roll tied in the fourth. Um, well, I, I ain't mad at you with the Kansi pick. I mean, people talk about how how talented he is, and honestly. With all this stuff going on with Jalen Carter, I'm just wondering, like, is uh, Kansi's stock going to be on the rise? Because teams may be kind of nervous and afraid to draft a guy like Jalen Carter. Now, 
I don't think if he falls to Seattle, they, they're definitely not going to be afraid of. They're not going to be afraid to draft this dude. Now, I think, you know, maybe the Saints would be a little bit concerned because maybe it's a little bit too close to home. I mean, what's that like? Maybe like a few states over, you still can get home relatively easy. But going out there to Seattle, you know, you you kind of out of your element. So, yeah. But I'm just wondering, like, does Kansas stock rise because of all of these uh, all these uh, developments that have been taking place that involve Jalen Carter? I'm wondering. And I'm wondering if Jalen Carter's draft stock going to, you know, be affected by some of these things that's going on. Uh, TJ, that's all we can do is hope. That's true. I mean, that's all you can do. But at the same time, you know, those that don't learn from their history, you know, they, they're doomed to repeat it. I mean, that's just the truth. Like, if you continue to feel like, okay, Mike Thomas is going to be available, um, you know, we can build on what Rashid Shaheed did. And I'm hoping that all these things happen. But, man, you got to be prepared, you know. You, you got to be prepared. You got to you got to make sure that you leave no stone unturned. And um, I just think that the Saints over the last couple of years have have to, you know, have not really fully like embraced the fact that things could happen and, and it may not and the team may not look how you expect it to look <laughs> going into the season. Like, think about this week one against the Falcons. We had Jarvis Landry out there. We had Juwan Johnson out there. Mike T was out there. Camaro was out there. Offensive line was intact for the most part, for the exception of Trevor Penning. You also had Chris Olave doing this thing. And the like, and then at the end of the season, you had Chris Olave, Rashid Shaheed, Marquez Calloway, Trey Quan Smith. I mean, you you in a bunch of, you know what I'm saying, a bunch of jag guys playing running back outside of Camaro. Like, you had all these different things going on. It, the team looked complete, uh, completely different. And you can't help but to wonder, like, if they would have been more prepared or thought about this scenario, you know, would they have been in it? So I'm just saying, man, you got you can't leave no stone left unturned. And I, I, I can't. Based on what I've seen over the last couple of years, I just can't be content with just saying, okay, we're going to go into the season with this. Because this can easily turn into that really quick. Paulson Adebo was straight, uh, just struggled because he played on an injured ankle. Yeah, I mean, look, we can talk about, you know, ex- you know, we can talk about the injuries and all that kind of stuff that was plaguing him, but that still don't defeat the fact that he didn't play well. I mean, your ankle being injured still, you know, it don't, it don't make up for the fact that when you was out there, he was getting beat. You know, like, seriously, like, you can say it was because of the ankle, but he was still out there. And even if, you know, your your ankle is plaguing you, you're still a liability if if you're getting beat. Now, year three, do I feel like Paulson Debo probably going to rise to the occasion? Yes, I do. You know, um, but at the same time, it goes to what I'm saying. Like, we expected for him to be a shutdown, lockdown guy or – being close to that, or a guy that, you know, get his hands on the football, get some turnovers, get some interceptions, but it didn't happen that way, right? Regardless to what that's transpired with him as far as his ailments, it still didn't happen that way. So you can't just be like, oh, well, you know, it was because he was hurt, but still, the Saints were 7-10, and 10, and teams put up points, and a lot of times when they put up points, it was because of something Paulson Debo did. 
Uh, if we sign Odell Landry, does that mean Landry is gone? Landry already gone. Landry is a free agent. He signed any way he wants to. So he already he already off the books. And to me, and in my honest opinion, I wouldn't sign him back. Miles Sanders would be a good pickup. He's a free agent. I'm not I, look, I like Miles Sanders a lot, but you already got Alvin Kamara on the books. So I I would draft a, a, a running back. I would draft a running back. No need to put two seasoned veterans who are going to demand top dollar or has demanded top dollar in your backfield. You can get yourself a young guy who can play on a rookie deal for three or four years around that time. You know, it's probably getting close to what Alvin Kamara thinking about retiring or, you know, deciding to move on. Right. And that guy can be up for his next contract. And then you can just do the same thing. You know, that, that, that's smart business versus like, you know, signing Miles Sanders to a four-year, $50 million contract, and you already got Alvin Kamara with a $50 million contract. That's a $100 million backfield right there. $100 million, uh, man, I'm just saying. Uh, why do the Saints think that they are a better team than what they really are? It's because they have to. You know, like, would you expect for them to come up here and say, well, you know, man, we suck. We're not very good, okay? I mean, it's all about optics at the end of the day. It's about not – allowing anybody to see you sweat i mean i respect it you know i respect what they doing you know trying to you know put this whole jedi mind trick thing going you know or trying to you know uh try to prolong the inevitable but eventually you're gonna have to like you know make some changes at some key positions and some guys that are older you know they're gonna end up having to go away but I mean, I respect the fact that they still fighting. I respect the fact that they see that this division is is uh, pretty much wide open and they're trying to get the advantage. And um, as we can see, the Carolina Panthers, they're, they're being aggressive. They moved up. They got the first pick in the draft, right? You know, more than likely, they're probably going to get uh, Bryce Young, you know, or C.J. Stroud, one of those guys. So, you know, you got to be prepared. And uh, the Saints looking like, man, we got some veterans on this team. We got some talent on this team that we can win now. And if, you know, the Saints can come away in the next two to three years, you know, fighting for a Super Bowl or, heck, even get to a Super Bowl, I don't think anybody would be mad at these decisions. Uh, we have no D-Tag on the roster right now. Well, I'm pretty sure the Saints are going to have a D-Tag by the start of the season. <laughs> TJ, did the Saints make an offer to Contavia uh, Street yet? Uh, not to my knowledge. Um, not to my knowledge. I don't think they they did. Uh, I haven't heard anything about that. But you know, I'm pretty sure they probably are offering him something. You know, especially like with all these guys going, you want to have yourself a, a seasoned veteran, or you know, who knows? I'm, I, you know, they they made room. Uh, you know, by restructuring Cam Jordan's deal, restructuring Alvin Kamara's deal. I think they probably, you know, maybe they're looking at a, a defensive tackle that they can bring in, you know, that can uh, really, really make some noise. I mean, who knows? Uh, TJ, uh, check out Yazir uh, Abdullah out of Louisville and Zach Kuntz, um, uh, let's see, Kuntz out of uh, Old Dominion, 6'7", tight end. He is the white Darnell Washington. <laughs> if uh, we miss Washington, uh, let's see, Kuntz uh, is a great pick. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm familiar with uh, Yazir out of Louisville. You know, I think that he's a really good pass rusher that you can end up getting late. I think on my latest mock draft, I think I actually have him 
uh, going to the Saints in, in round number four. So, I mean, you definitely can get a guy like that. But, you know, man, I'm pretty sure they're probably going to address the interior in the first round. Uh, let's see. The uh, skill set have capable bodies, but the D-line for D-tackle ain't got nobody at all. And Pete been hurt more than any player in, on the team except Mike T. The Saints can find a running back in a rookie camp. Yeah, you can find a running back late in late rounds too that can be that can make a lot of noise saw your mark uh mock with tight end from utah history shows you never draft a tight end in the first round i would rather draft a running back in the first round if that's the case but i also think he's there at 40 we have bigger fish to fry well all i all i know is um i don't like with all due respect to history i don't care about history i, I don't like I care about the players. I care about the mental makeup. I care about the talent. So you're telling me um, when Bowers come out of, out of Georgia in the first round, like you telling me like you're not going to draft Brock Bowers? Like are you Bryce or Brock Bowers? You're not. You're telling me you're not going to draft him? Like are you like come on man? Like who, who was the who was the other you know? You know, the Falcon, you know what I'm saying? A Falcon tight end. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you were the first-round pick. Kyle Pitts. I like, so you have guys that, that can fall in the first round that can be really talented. But I'm telling you right now, like, you're telling, like, if if Bowers comes out of college, and he will next season, you know, one of the most dominant tight ends in all of college football, you're telling me in the first round you want to draft this dude? And I'm telling you, I don't know if you, anybody ever, like, really – paid attention to uh, Kincaid, you know, out of Utah, because maybe, you know, you probably sleep around the time they playing, but the dude is indeed a beast. And I'm telling you, like, depends on where he goes, he, he's going to be a problem. I, I think in the next four to five years, in the right situation, we're going to be looking and talking about this dude the same way we talk about some of these other top tight ends in the league, right? I've been telling you, like, nobody, nobody, like, you know, I know what history says this. History says that I don't care about history. I care about talent, right? And and this dude is like talent. And if he's supposed to be like a top 15 pick. So the fact that if he was to even fall to you at 29 would be nothing short of a miracle. You know, so that that's the way that I feel about it. Um, but, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I don't, like, I, I respect history. Uh, but if I can get a guy like this, I'm taking him. And I'm going to find something to do with him. And I'm talking about we have bigger fish to fry. Like, yeah. But I'm telling you, like, look at, like, I man, I've been privileged and, and, and fortunate to go to Senior Bowl and the Combines and see these dudes work out. And with this, you know what I'm saying, you, you, you actually, you know, have opportunities to do research on guys and go back and look at film. And there's a lot of guys that I knew about. And I, there's a guys that I learned about, and I'm telling you, like a lot of these guys that we just kind of just breeze past, they're gonna be like really, really good. And um, Kincaid is one of those guys. Man, F it, put Taysom at defensive tackle. <laughs> uh, what are some defensive tackles and free agents we can get? I already mentioned some. You got Calais Campbell, who just recently got released by the Ravens. That would be my top one, you know, because I feel like look addressing the defensive tackle position, you're going to be able to do that in the draft. And you're going to get a really good one. But you still need some veteran leadership on the side. And I, I'm just – look, no disrespect to Malcolm Roach. 
I don't know. I don't know if that's the veteran leadership that I, I think that the, the young bull will need, you know, but you get somebody like Calais Campbell, who is a decorated defensive player, well-respected, Walter Payton man of the year, multi-time first team all pros, definitely going to be in the Hall of Fame when he when he hangs it up. You have that guy in the locker room along with Demario Davis, along with Cam Jordan. Like, come on, man. Like, you, you got to be freaking kidding me. Like, if you if you don't learn nothing or get better with that type of those type of guys in your locker room, something wrong with you. So I'm always gonna do that. I always I'm always a firm believer in a veteran guy to go alongside some of the younger guys, you know, to teach them how to be pros, to show them how to approach the game. I think that's so important. It's not it's, it, it's not just about talent at times because you got so many guys that are talented but sometimes you know you you need that veteran to be able to kind of help you see certain things to constantly talk to you you know to see some of the things that they may see on film to teach you how to you know how to break down film and become a better player uh let's see do you uh did you hear about jimmy g going to vegas with a three-year 65.3 million dollar contract and 34 million guaranteed He's reunited with Coach McDaniel in next season for real, for real, TJ. Well, look, congratulations. I look, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of things that's transpiring right now as I speak. Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, especially about this whole Jimmy G situation. Happy for him. You know, like, man, look, if you can get money, get money. I, I still feel like, you know, you gotta be insane if you're not gonna draft a quarterback. But these are the Raiders that we're talking about. The Raiders might go out here and get Jake Moody to kick out <laughs> out of Michigan, who I feel like, you know, should be like, you know, the Saints, you know, seven-round pick, who I have as, you know, going to the Saints because I'm sorry, I don't trust Will Lutz the way I once did, right? So I'm kind of I'm kind of on the Moody train, you know what I'm saying? But it, it won't surprise me. You know, the Raiders going to Raider. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, when you look at guys like Derek Carr, you kind of got to just look at it and be like, hmm, you know what? Yeah, he did play for the Raiders. So. <laughs> uh, Toy, uh, thank you very much for becoming a new YouTube member. And uh, thank you for subscribing. Uh, Shouts out to you. Um, you can you can join uh, the State of the Saints podcast, become a member uh, by uh, going to the page and hitting join. So shouts out to Toy for uh, becoming a member. And also thank you to Tim for the 550. It says Khalid Campbell and Jordan. Wow, I'm buying my ticket to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, look, Calais Campbell isn't the the player that he once was. He's 30, 36 years old. He'll be 37, you know, but what I'm looking at is the veteran leadership. I'm looking at a guy that still has a little bit left in the tank. And I just think that just his mere presence in your locker room is going to elevate your defense, right? It, it just it's just something about that guy. I don't know if anybody ever followed Calais Campbell or hear people talk about Calais Campbell, but I got so much respect for the dude, and it would not, like, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he ended up coming to the Saints. Seriously. Like, Walter Payton Man of the Year, multi-time Pro Bowler, All-Pro, I mean, 14 and a half, 15 sacks from the interior position when he was really in his prime. And you take, like, a guy like, you know, Cansey out of Pittsburgh, go alongside of him. Or, you know, uh, Etta Bowie out of uh, Northwestern. You put him alongside Khalil's camp. Man, you got yourself, you know, a, a young bull who has all the talent in the world, and you have a, a veteran that can help him 
really and really push him to be what he needs to be. You know, iron sharpens iron sometimes. You know, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that, you know, Cam Jordan became like, you know, really talented as a pass rusher, you know, going up against guys like Zach Streif and, and Ryan Ramchick, right? I, I, or, you know, going up against a guy like Teron Armstead. Iron sharpens iron sometimes. And also, you know, having that teammate that can that can push you and, and, and really, you know, try to get that out of you, you know? Uh, I never thought I would see Rodgers leave Green Bay. I'm glad Jimmy G left the 49ers. It's time for a change at quarterback. Uh, out of all the free agent signings today, Nick Wright, mine is just on the Saints. <laughs> well, I mean, he, his mind is on the Saints because he realizes that talking about the Saints, it generates a lot of buzz. Like he ended up going viral because of him talking about how the Saints uh, do business, right? So, of course, he's going to try to double down on that because Nick Wright is a troll. You know, he already said it. He had actually literally admitted that he was a troll, and he said that it's not a bad thing to be that way. So Nick Wright is just trying to stay on TV, right? I mean, he's going to say and do anything he can to get on TV and stay on TV, and um, that's just the way that he rolls, right? And um, I, for one, don't have much respect for anybody that's willing to change or alter or look at ratings in order to – you know, create their narrative about anything. I just don't have any respect for that type of uh, move, but it's working for him. And um, these guys like him and Acho, you know, they stay on social media, you know, try to come up with catchy little tweets, you know, to make us mad. But uh, I, I just see where it's going, you know. I mean, Nick Wright is a troll. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, uh, TJ, I hate being a homer, but Derek Carr was going heads up against Mahomes. Uh, I believe when this guy is motivated, the sky's the limit. We'll see. Thank you very much for the 550, Tim. Look, I, I think that, you know, it's not like he played terrible when he going up against Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he played pretty well, but, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is just a whole nother beast. He's a whole nother beast. Uh, his whack play calling needs to go. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Carolyn Jones-Smith is in the house. Uh, Miss Carolyn, happy birthday. So, yeah, today is my mom's birthday. Uh, she, you know, she she's passed by, so shouts out to her. I already wished her a happy birthday earlier in the show, but you know she's here, so happy birthday again uh, to you, mom. It says uh, Aaron Rodgers traded to the Jets. Wow. Uh, well, that's another top uh, quarterback gone from the NFC. Uh, this conference is wide open, and that's what I'm saying. Like when people when people were talking about like man Derek Carr, Derek Carr, like. Bro, this, this division is wide, the freak open. And, you know, for anybody that just think that the Saints, if they have a quarterback that can get the ball into the end zone and the defense can replicate what we've seen over the last couple of seasons, that they can't get the job done, uh, I have to disagree. I have to respectfully disagree. And, um, like, you know, if this is true, which it seems like a lot of people are saying by Aaron Rodgers being traded, um, you know, that's just another top quarterback going into another conference and is making it pretty much very top heavy AFC and, you know, in the bottom a little bit in the NFC. So, man, Zion, which he was Mike T. Let's see. All uh, right. Uh, I wanted them to draft a quarterback, too, but it doesn't seem like the Saints are into drafting a quarterback. Yeah, they, they're not going to draft the quarterback. 
not not them doing as much as they did to try to acquire Derek Carr. If they do, it's going to be late in rounds where it don't seem like it's going to be a threat. You start drafting guys like second, third round, it's basically like you're saying, oh, we trust you, but hey, if you if you ain't going to pan out, we got this guy right here that we're going to develop. Yeah, it's true, TJ. Uh, happy birthday. A-Rod uh, going to be doing a lot of babysitting. <laughs> Uh, what's up, Jerry? Uh, let's see. If the division conference is wide open and all the good quarterbacks are in AFC, where is the iron to sharpen the iron in the NFC? Well, that's where you got the young guard, right? Uh, I mean, you got Jalen Hurts out there. Um, you know, you got, you know, some of these younger quarterbacks that's going to have to step up. And it makes some of these other quarterbacks, it's going to make their, them look like they're pretty doggone good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but here's the reality. Like Jalen Hurts played in the Super the Super Bowl and he played good enough to win, right? And you and he went up against well, his defense went up against arguably the best quarterback in football right now, Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, like it, it shows you that you know, you still got talent, you know what I'm saying? They still got ability, they still got skill in the NFC. So, you got uh Jalen Hurts. Um you know, Dak Prescott can put it together. You got, you know, you got Dak Prescott. I mean, Dak, look, Dak may be middle of the pack, but they still find themselves winning 10, 11 games a season. So you got to give them respect in that regard. And like I said, it, it, it's these young guys that's going to have an opportunity to step up and make a name for themselves. So you you have a lot of young, inexperienced quarterbacks in the NFC that are going to have to rise to the occasion. And also – with this new development, it, it makes guys like Derek Carr a little bit more valuable, and a little, you know, and it's going to make them look a little bit more appealing. I, I would believe that with Derek Carr, you're probably going to see more Saints games in prime time, right? Because you still need the NFC, right? So I think that you're probably going to see Derek Carr in the New Orleans Saints with more prime time games, and that was something that we complained about, right? We didn't feel like the Saints had enough prime time games, and we felt disrespected, and even though we were disrespected at the time, it just seems like, well, it was uh, pretty much uh, <laughs> understandable the way they played last season. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I was kind of embarrassed to see them boys in, in prime time in some games, but I think that it's probably going to make the Saints more appealing as an NFC team being on television in prime time. Jerome, thank you very much for the 499. Says Campbell, Rankins, and a rookie would be a respectable defensive tackle rotation, in my opinion. Jerome, look, it's, it's going to be one or the other. I, I ain't saying you need both of them. You're going to be one or the other. Now, if you want to get Sheldon Rankins because Sheldon is a little bit younger than Calais Campbell, fine. But there's also that element of Sheldon Rankins having a history of being injured. Calais Campbell, don't really see him missing too many games. All right? So no matter, no matter if he is 36 years old. So, you know, any one of those guys – you know, I feel like would be a good fit. You know, Sheldon Rankins uh, being familiar with the Saints, Saints being familiar with him, and Khalil Campbell, I just feel like he can he can just fit in and, um, you know, and, and have that veteran leadership. At this point, he has so much respect around the league. Like, if he speaks, everybody's going to listen because of who he is. Uh, we didn't deserve any primetime game. Exactly. At the time, we felt slighted. But <laughs> looking back on it, like it's it's perfectly understandable why 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 the Saints got slighted. 
Uh, we lost two defensive tackles today. Huge win for the Saints. Uh, let's see. Uh, primetime is based on who is the head coach when it comes to the Saints. I, I think it, it, it's the head coach and the quarterback, right? I mean, if you have a quarterback, like people ain't watching primetime football games because Zach Taylor is the is the coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. It's because of Joe Burrow, right? If you have a a, a good quarterback, above a, a, you know, really good quarterback or elite quarterback, you probably gonna find yourself on primetime quite often. Derek Carr adds that element. I think that the Saints are going to get some primetime games based on the fact of how the NFC quarterback picture is as of right now. And the fact that you have a veteran that's capable of winning some football games and, and putting some points on the board like Derek Carr. So I just think that the Saints are probably going to have more primetime games this season than they did last season. I'm glad nobody's seen us stink it up in primetime. I agree with that. And that was kind of like a plus. Primetime is based – I already read that. Yeah, Tech, let CD go. Yeah, CD ain't coming back. It's over. Like he probably gonna go to the highest bidder, so whoever gonna get him the most money, that's probably where he gonna end up going. I think we have eight picks. How many will uh, be on the defense? Six with one for Tajay Spears, I hope, and one for the interior line is my guess. Look, I like Tajay Spears a lot, but I'd be lying to you if I felt like I want Tajay Spears over uh, Jamar Gibbs or. Or Kenny McIntosh. Like no, no disrespect to Ty J Spears, but I think a lot of Ty J Spears, you know, support is because he went to Tulane. And um, I have look, I have no problem with that at all. Um, I'm just saying, like, I think he's good, but I think Gibbs is better, and I think Kenny McIntosh is better. I mean, this could be like one of those things where I go back and I'm like. Man, I, I sound stupid, but I just feel like they better. Um, and I would actually choose one of those individuals over him. No no knock to him. Like, I, I feel like he's going to end up being a really good pro. I like his confidence. Had opportunity to speak to him at the combine. But um, I, I would rather have Gibbs or McIntosh. Uh, thank you very much for the 99 cents. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. It says uh, trade Davenport. Uh, you can't trade Davenport because he's an unrestricted free agent. So you can't you can't trade a guy who's not technically on your books no more. Uh, Derek Carr ain't no wuss like Dalton, <laughs> the BB gun. Uh, Spirit support is all Louisiana bias gives much better. Yeah, I mean, look, I think Ty J Spears is really good, but you know all this, you know all this support and stuff, and everybody wanting him is because of where he went to school and. You know, he's from Louisiana. And, like, I have no problem with that. Like, I think that he's good, but I don't think he's better than Kenny McIntosh. I don't think he's better than Gibbs. I don't think he's better than B. John Robinson. I don't think that he's better uh, than a running back out of Oklahoma. I, I think that he he gives a certain skill set in the right situation. He can thrive. But those guys, I feel like they could be special regardless to what situation that you put them in. I, I don't know if – Spears can be that guy. I'm and I'm not going to say that he's going to be that guy. And I I would be saying that just because of his his ties to Louisiana and Tulane. Uh, Black preacher man sports. Thank you very much for five dollars. Says I'm a diehard Saints fan and I have high hopes for the car is decent enough, but DA is going to be the problem. But I am hoping. 
well, let's just hope that he's not too much of a problem where the Saints can actually win more games than they did last season. Uh, Spears might be available in the fourth. Uh, DA and P. Carmichael could be the problem. Uh, give me Gibbs in the second round. I agree with that. Only running back I'll draft with 29 is Robinson. I agree with that. Now, you ain't about to hear that from me. That's definitely, that's definitely how I feel. Let's see. Uh, Saints won seven games despite uncertainty at quarterback. Uh, and basically an injury-ridden team from second, uh, secondary to receivers to offensive line, running backs, et cetera. Imagine if we uh, just have a completely healthy squad. Well, I mean, we've been that, that's kind of like beating a dead horse right now. Like it's kind of the same conversation we've been having for the last two years. What if, you know, if ifs was a fifth, we all would be drunk, right? Ain't that what the saying goes? Too many ifs for me. You know, I want to see this thing happen. All right. Uh, we need to go all in on the defensive line in the draft. We have to get young on the D line. I agree with that. Basically, I will draft a running back, a defensive tackle with the uh, first two picks. Not mad at that. That's definitely something that I would explore. Uh, TJ, should the Saints get Mike Gesicki? Um, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind getting Mike Gesicki, but. You know, I man, me personally, I feel like how your 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 contracts and all that kind of stuff is structured. I'd rather draft a uh, draft the tight end. I'd rather draft the tight end instead of going get one. Uh, I just want us to get a skilled uh, two lane guy for once in the draft, if available at the second later picks. Well, like I said, I mean, I'm not in the business of drafting guys just because they come from two lane. I'm not in the business of drafting guys just because they went to LSU or Northwestern or Louisiana Lafayette. Like, I don't care about any of that stuff. Like, seriously, like, I'm not, I'm not like how people be getting mad and outraged about people, you know, Saints not drafting LSU players. I mean, I really didn't, I, I really don't care. Like, if there's a player that's better than a guy from LSU that you draft, I have no problem with it. If you can find a, a, a guy from Georgia, I don't care where you came from. Like, I, I don't care about, like, nostalgia and all that kind of stuff. Like, I feel like the reason why we in some of the situations we in or uh, the way some of us think is because we so keen on nostalgia. Like, oh, man, I heard that, you know, he went to he went to uh, McDonald 35 High School. Oh, he went to Edna Carr. Like, I don't care. Like, can he play? I don't care if he went to, you know, ITT Tech. I don't care. University of Phoenix. I don't care where he went. All right. I, I don't care where you go. You know, you can go to Delgado all I care. All I'm saying is you just need somebody. <laughs> we need somebody that's going to play. I don't care where they from. I, I don't care. I don't I don't get mad because I don't see too – like I'm looking around, man, they ain't got no LSU players on the team. Now, if an LSU player just so happened to be better than what you drafted, yeah, that's a problem. But if I can see why you draft the guy, like I don't care. Like, man, he grew up on Carondelet Street. Who cares? Man, he grew like who care about that. I want to win. I don't care if you 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 know you traveling. This dude grew up in Juneau, Alaska. If he can he can play on your defensive line or uh, bring something to your offense, I'm about it. Uh, I really like uh, Sean Tucker, the running back. Uh, he's someone uh, we can get late. Uh, let's see. Uh, I still I still say draft uh, my homeboy from <laughs> uh, Miller that can ball. Look, Aubrey Miller gonna get the opportunity. Um, 
probably like in one of those later rounds. I feel bad because the guy didn't go to the combine. Why would you invite him to the senior bowl? He performed well at the senior bowl and you wouldn't bring him to the combine. I, I just don't understand that. But he'll find a, he'll find his way on the team. Rather he'll get drafted or he'll be an undrafted free agent. He'll somebody will give him an opportunity to prove himself. I know one thing, TJ, if we can remain healthy, that's big if with this team. But if we uh, don't uh, get at least one playoff spot this year, we just need to hit the factory, uh, <laughs> the factory uh, reset button, NFC to open. Yeah. Uh, if you don't make the playoffs or be close to making the playoffs, you pretty much, that's pretty indicative of what your team is. And you just have to come to that conclusion. Uh, how do you feel about the Saints drafting Aubrey Miller at linebacker? I mean, if they do it, then that's fine. But I'm not lobbying for that. Like, I think Aubrey Miller is really good. Like, I think that he has a lot of heart. I mean, I've watched him play, like, for three years, right, because he went to my alma mater. But, I mean, if you can find a linebacker that's better than him, draft to that linebacker. You know, I would just be saying – I would just be saying this because he went to JSU, right? I mean, I'm not saying that he's bad, but, like, if if there's a fifth-round pick and there's a linebacker that you felt like – you know, has like certain measurable, certain skill set, and you feel like it's better, and you draft them over Aubrey Miller, I'm fine by that. I, I don't have any issue with that. Because Aubrey Miller, just like everybody, every other linebacker who probably going to get drafted later, not drafted at all, probably going to have to, you know, get the, they like carve their little niche in by doing special teams. But I'm just not, I'm just not in the business of drafting guys because, they went to my alma mater or they from the same state that I'm from, or they went to a school that was in the same state that I lived. I, mm, I'm good on that. I'm not, I'm not a fan at all. <laughs> None whatsoever says, uh, Hey, TJ, I disagree. I'm drafting somebody that grew up on Alva street. Uh, just grew up. <laughs> look, if the guy on Alva street can ball out. Yeah. But look, I'm not going to be so enamored at the fact that the guy is from that area that I can't see like the imperfections. I wouldn't want nobody to do that for me. Like I, I'm not trying like just cause somebody know me or I they grew up. Like I'm not looking for that. I'm not looking for handouts like that, you know? And I don't think a player want, should want to eat. Now you should like understand, like if there's, they draft you or they pick you up and it just so happens that you're from that area then, you know, that's a plus, but I'm not sitting up. I'm not, I wouldn't want the Saints to be sitting up in a war room saying he from Louisiana. He from, he from Pastagoula. Or he from, you know what I'm saying? Or he from like, you know, the Gulf Coast or whatever like that. He from Picayune. Like, like if you drafting like that, man, like I think everybody and their mama need to be fight. Even though uh, we got enough burners, but I want us to uh, look at Robbie Anderson. Can't have enough weapons, TJ. Uh, Mm, ain't no real. Robbie Anderson to me is a one-trick pony, and I'm good on it. I think I'm, I'm tired of the one-trick ponies. Like I, I kind of got tired of that when Sean Payton was the coach. When you had Robin Meacham because you want to run streak routes, Devery Henderson for streak routes. Uh, you know Marcus Colston because you wanted to run a little short routes. Uh, you know Javaris Cadet because you wanted to run a screen. Like I'm good on that. I want some multi-dimensional wide receivers. That's what I want. Like. The best thing about Alave, he can he can take it over the top. He can run really crisp routes. Same way with she Shahid, you can build on that. And so can Michael Thomas. Like, let's get some guys that can do more than one thing. 
right? And um, let's get past it. Like, um, Robbie Anderson, you take it over the top. Like, you pretty much know what you're in the game for. Hey, TJ, I came in late, but is it true about Ayamada went to the rival? Yep, he did. He got a three-year deal with the Atlanta Falcons. That'd be the second one defensive tackle that they got from the Saints. The other one was uh, Tyler Davidson, right? Losing big O and shot Tuttle to our NFC South rivals is tough, but at the same time, there is a lot of talent in the draft, so we should be uh, easy to replace. But only time will tell. Well, it's going to take you some time to replace Dave on Yamada. Like, shot Tuttle uh, probably won't take you as long. Like, not to say that shot Tuttle was terrible. Um, definitely can see him as a starter on somebody's team. It doesn't shock me that he got opportunity. Um, but, you know. I think that, you know, Davon Yamato was much better than a lot of people would give him credit for. He developed into being a really solid defensive tackle. I'm going to read a few more, then we're getting out of here. It says, we need Mike Thomas, Mike Evans, tight wide receiver. We have a deep threat. We need 50-50 ball uh, dog. Yeah, the 6'3", 213, 214 guys that fit that bill like a Michael Thomas would be really, really good. Or a guy that has like that you know, that build like an Anquan Bowden type guy, you know, I think that you need that. Uh, I haven't been good uh, to see our defensive tackles go to our rivals. Yeah, I mean, but that's the business, you know. It's not about loyalty to teams. It's about loyalty, you know, I mean, loyalty to teams while you're there, but you also have to be a businessman at the end of the day. And um, these agents do a good job at putting these guys in positions where they can have generational wealth. And it may not be the most popular decision among fans, but I'm happy for these guys today because they can be able to take care of their families. You know, a lot of these guys we look at and we just think just because you're in the NFL, you just making hand over fist with money, man. A lot of these guys, you know, their families still like staying in them same, you know, substandard conditions because they haven't made these type of contracts. But with the money that these guys get, man, they can get their mom the home that they always wanted to get their mom or you know what I'm saying? Be able to take care of their family, be able to set up a college fund for their children. Like this is this is a big moment for these guys. And um, I just think that, you know, sometimes we get so enamored on, oh, man, he should have did this. Oh, he could have took a pay cut. But, man, these guys only, you know, like you got to think about this. I'm 36. I'll be 37 in August, right? And I don't consider myself an old guy, right? I feel like I still got another 30, 40, 50 years to live, right? And these guys, you know, for the most, for at, at best, you'll probably get up to maybe being 36, 37. If you, if you win the battle of attrition, you might be able to stay in the league a little bit longer. But that's a long time to live, you know, a life, you know, after football. So and getting these guys set up and being taken care of, like, I'm not mad at that at all, you know. And I don't care who they go to. I'm just happy for these guys to be able to get the money so they can be able to take care of their families. Um, yeah, uh, Von Bell uh, signing uh, with the Panthers. Everybody want to come to our division. Uh, sign Caden Ellis. We need him. He's young. Demario Davis getting older. Hopefully, Mickey works out uh, his cap magic. Von Bell just went to the Panthers. TJ, nothing gets old but close. Only news we're getting is who the Saints losing instead of gaining. Well, I mean to. To be quite honest with you, we had a lot of complaining. Um, if I can go back to the show, a lot of complaining about uh, Dave Alamada 
not being the same player since uh, apparently he got bust for PEDs. Uh, a lot of people talking about what Shot Tuttle doing, right? Uh, a lot of people talking about what Malcolm Roach doing. So all of a sudden, they're like the best and the most important things in the world to us. Like, come on, like we we have to pick our battles as fans. And I mean, look, if you've been on this this whole kick, fine. But I'm not like I don't think the Saints are like that far behind because they lost Shy Tuttle or they lost Devon Yamada. I, I think that these guys can be replaced if you do your due diligence and, you know, if you play your cards right. You know, I just think that looking at guys, you know, leave out the door. I mean, I mean, come on, man. Like we was talking, like we've been talking about these dudes can't stop the run. What happened to the days where the Saints went like two years without allowing a 100-yard rusher? And now we have the interior lineman leaping out the door. And now all of a sudden, like, what are we doing? Like, what, what do we want to sign them for so we can continue to complain about how they couldn't stop the run? So if you can improve that position and maybe get back to being some run stuffers, why not? But I'm not in a business. Like, if you have a personal gripe or something to gripe about, I can understand that. I get it. But I'm just not in the business of just complaining about something just because it's gone. Like sometimes it leaving might open up opportunity for something to get better. Yeah, we act like we didn't want a defensive tackle, me included, as far as Tuttle, but no need to cry behind uh, them now that they're gone. Like I'm just saying, like the defense, the interior needed some help. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it needed some help, folks. Like we. Like, we can go back and run back tape. I know sometimes, like, we live in this world where news is constantly, like, changing. And sometimes, like, we, we tend to forget, like, some of the, the things, the thoughts, and the views that we had. But, I mean, the interior needed some work. And these guys leaving ain't really – I won't say it ain't news because it is news because I got respect for them. But it's not like we weren't looking to get better at that position. Uh, I agree. I don't miss none of them at all. Uh, I was one of them saying he hasn't been the same since the PEDs. Uh, Lave a little too soft for my liking. He dropped like seven passes just because he got touched. Um, there were some times where I feel like, you know, he could have came down with the football, and I think that probably cost him. A lot of the games where he could have came up with big plays were actually televised, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why the NFL looked a different way or, you know, the voters looked a different way uh, and not picked them for offensive rookie of the year, to be honest. Uh, the thing is, Panthers and Falcons don't have the quarterback uh, yet. Yeah, well, we know the Panthers going to get their quarterback and it's going to be the probably going to be the best one this draft has to offer. So, like, you got to take that. You got to put that in mind. And then we also have to take into account the Panthers beat the Saints twice without a quarterback. And they loading up and they getting better. So what does that tell you? You know, what does that tell you? Like they, they weren't they weren't very good last year, but they swept the Saints. So imagine like they they beefing up right now. So what you think gonna happen? They only gonna get better. Uh I guess CJ going to Atlanta next. Three stooges Tuttle, <laughs> Yabata, and Turtle. Now one stooge left. Olave just gotta put on muscle. Yeah, I think so. I just think he has to. Get a little bit more muscle on them, man. Brady uh, waiting on free agency to be over. 
Sheldon Rankins is a free agent. Yeah, I, I, I mentioned that. Run defense was bad as watching Dalton win games. <laughs> you go for the best and expect the worst. Time to get young at the interior. And what's going on with Pete? Pete and Davenport must go. Well, Davenport pretty much going to test the market, I'm sure. And um, Pete, he's still on the team, but who knows? And it might be a trade that the Saints can make. TJ, that tells me that we didn't have a quarterback either. Exactly. You know, but, I mean, we still got swept by the Panthers, and they didn't have a quarterback. Who was their quarterback when they played the first time? But Baker Mayfield, and the longest play, he threw like a five-yard uh, pass that turned into like a 60-yard run by LaVishka Chenault. Like, I mean, they, they beat us twice. Like, look, we can we can, look, we can can sugarcoat it. We can talk about, well, what had happened. No, they beat us twice. They beat us twice, man. And, and I, let's not be like that. Because if we beat them twice, we'll be talking about it. So no matter how you want to, you know, carve it up, divide it, or give it out, they beat us twice. So they have that capability of beating us. So if they ramp up and get better, there's a, there's a possibility they can win this division. And to be quite honest with you, I would not be surprised if the Panthers win this division because they got a lot of they got a lot of young talent on this team that's growing up that that resembles that of the 2017 New Orleans Saints, where you had a lot of young guys. You remember that draft where they got, like, all defensive players? I mean, Jeremy Chin, now a leader. You got Dante Jackson out there. Uh, you got J.C. Horn out there. Like, you, you got some players on that on that defense. And you also have some guys on that offense that's pretty good, too. So we can say, oh, man, they ain't got no quarterback. They ain't have no quarterback last year, and they beat the Saints twice. So that's not out the realm of possibility that the Carolina Panthers win this division. Cause if I'm, I'm being honest, if I'm being honest too, they, they got a better coach than the Saints got. Like, I feel like Frank Reich is a better coach than Dennis Allen. <laughs> and uh, I think that Frank Reich can put his team in a position to succeed down the stretch. Uh, let's see what up TJ. Why division. So uh, per, uh, they just purged our roster because our roster is good. And that's, that's the indication of, how good the Saints have been at developing players and drafting them. I mean, pretty much. Panthers swept us in spite of them themselves. Whatever you want to, however you want to uh carve it up, they beat us, you know, period. You know, in a story. Like we can talk about that. Like we can talk about how they beat us. You can tell us what happened. They they swept us. They swept the Saints, period. No excuses over here. Uh, finally says Olave needs to start run blocking better too. That's honestly selfish uh, to not take blocking your man seriously. Well, I think he'll get better, man. Most young players kind of struggle until they kind of develop into being those blockers, but he'll get better at it. Uh, Von Bell went to the Panthers, which I already, you know, been uh, established here. But, man, thank y'all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Really do appreciate it. Shouts out to everybody who – uh, donated. Shouts out to everybody that uh, contributed to the show through the chat. Uh, if you're watching this live, thank you so much. Uh, if you're watching this at all, thank you so much. Um, you can check out the State of the Saints podcast uh, on Facebook.com. Facebook.com search the State of the Saints podcast network. You can subscribe to the channel here. Uh, we're pretty close to 10,000 subscribers, so hopefully uh, we can reach that goal pretty soon. Uh, so, uh, shouts out to the Belly Up Sports podcast as well uh the podcast network belly up sports 
Um, I just recently uh, signed on with them. I'm extreme, extremely excited about it, um, being a part of Belly Up Sports, um, being a part of that. And, uh, you know, the State of the Saints podcast needed a podcast network home. Uh, we were with uh, the PSKN podcast network for quite some time. Uh, decided to, you know, you know, that contract deal was up uh, <laughs> and we needed to kind of explore other options. So it was a shout out to Belly Up. Looking forward to working with them. Uh, make sure that you uh, check out the Belly Up Sports podcast. Not only uh, do they have podcasts for other NFL teams, but they also write articles um, that cover the NFL, um, also baseball, uh, hockey or what have you. So check them out. I'm happy to be a part of the network and I'm um, looking forward to uh, doing some things with them. Also, check out previous episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Anchor FM. And you can follow me on Twitter at TJAY Jones 8. Till next time, all I got to say is, who that? <laughs>